Hey cuties, welcome to another episode of Mimi Said What? I'm Mimi Robinson, and this is my show where I have unfiltered girlfriend chatter with a dose of entertainment and a side of pop culture. I'm a dope-ass black woman who happens to be a wife, a mom, and still have a life of my own. Mimi update. Y'all, this has been a low-key week for me. There is nothing of note, really. Um, Well, I guess, you know, Monday, last Monday was our anniversary, but we celebrated over the weekend. And on our actual day, I can't remember what we had for dinner. Um, Nothing fancy. (laughs) I didn't cook it because in true fashion, babe and I went to Ikea. (laughs) So there is that. I can't remember what we had for dinner. I think I probably picked up dinner. Maybe we had hip hop chicken or something, but nothing of note, honestly, Um, I have been heavy on my self-care and I'm definitely going to continue that into this week. So, um, my sleep goal is always eight hours (laughs) and it's hard y'all. It is so hard, but I did hit my goal at least twice last week, which I feel like is monumental. Um, what else went on? Ooh, so I did finally get my, um, my sunglasses, You know, I just keep leveling up in this auntie charade. And so I officially have prescription sunglasses. (laughs) I'll have to introduce um, her to you uh, via the gram. Her name is Darcy. And Darcy is another fine, fine purchase um, from Warby Parker, who we're besties at this point. So (laughs) there is that. Um, so I gave y'all a recap last week of me wanting to see my dad. And I told you the story about how he got his first cell phone ever in life. And so I had ordered him a case from Amazon before I left. And so I did talk to him and he got his case and he put it on without incident. So that is good, good, good. Um, so other than that, like the week has been low key, I feel like it's only mildly productive. Um, I really feel like even when I'm laying down chilling, (laughs) there was a G on the end of that. (laughs) Um, I feel like, oh, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. I don't know how and when I got that mentality. Um, I've always been a bit of a busy body in a sense that I enjoy doing things and I like creating and doing stuff with my hands and those things bring me joy. And I think I feel like I, if I'm not doing something like that, then I'm not being productive with my time, which is a very stupid notion. (laughs) I'm fully aware, but I do feel that way. So I don't know. I'm definitely going to continue more on this nothing path. Um, Mother's Day is two weeks out. And so I'm trying to figure out what that's going to look like. I've decided that I'm going to do better in some areas where I'm lacking. So I'm going to order my grandmother, my only living grandparent, some flowers from 1-800-Flowers. And her and my dad live in the sticks. So it was a chore to figure out who can deliver to the fucking sticks. Like I was trying to do an edible arrangement and the system was like, yeah, to this zip code. Nah, that's not a thing that we can do for you. So I've settled out on 1-800-Flowers, so I'm going to send her some flowers um, for Mother's Day. 
So I have to figure out what to get my mother, my sister, my mother-in-law, if we're going to celebrate, how we're going to celebrate, what that's going to look like. I don't have any um, specifics for my husband and my children. Um, I can't even remember if he's asked. Either way, I don't have any specifics. So right now, if he asks, it's like, uh, I don't know. Feed me good. I always, I don't cook on Mother's Day. That's a hard, fast rule. Don't ask me. I'm not making it. It's not going to happen. So we always buy dinner. And y'all, our anniversary food was so bomb from Jerry's. I think I'm going to tell him that that's what I want. They can eat whatever they want. Um, our son has a severe uh, seafood allergy. So obviously, seafood is not going to be on the menu for him. But um, the last time we did something like that, what did I do? Oh, on our actual anniversary night when we had a fancy dinner, um, I just ordered whatever the kids wanted to eat for dinner that night. So um, they too benefited in a different way. I think they chose Red Robin. So it might be another case of that. So we shall see. Um, I hope you have some Mother's Day ideas um, for your moms, your grandmoms, your like moms, uh, expected moms, soon-to-be moms. Um, and even for those of you who um, do not have a earthly mom any longer, um, while that isn't my story, I always encourage other people want to celebrate how you want to write. But uh, I just remind you and them that it doesn't have to be a day of sadness. Um, I like to tell my girlfriends, like, do something to honor your mom, to celebrate your mom. And it could be something as simple as if you don't feel like lay in a bed and watch a movie you and your mom loved or your mom's favorite movie or, you know, put on some music that she loved, maybe her favorite group. Like, there are so many ways to honor and to celebrate um, their life even when they're no longer physically present, right? Like, my mother loves <laughs> the Polar Express. <laughs> my mother loves, uh, she loves wait, She loves waiting to exhale. Like, they're just some movies. Hell, my mother loves Gunsmoke and a Rifleman. My mother likes Westerns. So something as simple like that, if my mother wasn't here, like, I know that those are ways that I could honor her. My mother loves steak. So, you know, I could treat myself to a nice steak meal. And so I always encourage those of you who are in a position to receive and have the de desire to celebrate, that there are some ways you can go about it. You could buy their favorite flowers and just decorate your home with them. You know, there's so many ways um, that if you want to celebrate, you definitely can without feeling left out. All right, so that's it for your Mimi update, aka this uh, life pep talk, uh, TED talk I just gave y'all. Okay, so pop culture, pop culture, pop culture. So I'm starting to sound uh, like a broken record. Last week, I said to you that we keep losing men in hip-hop, and I shared the death of Black Rob on the heels of sharing the death of DMX. And last week, we added Shock G to the list. Um, Shock G was the co-founder of Digital Underground, uh, the Humpty Hump. He created the Humpty Dance. Um, Shot G is also the one that put the satin on your panties. It's a Tupac lyric. Um, and he is the one responsible for bringing Tupac to us. Somehow, some way, I did not know that. That information was definitely lost on me. It makes sense that Tupac is um, in his videos and then he 
is referenced in a lot of Tupac songs. Um, But Shock G was found dead in a hotel room last Thursday in Tampa, according to his father, and there were no additional details. Um... Ooh, I know what. Okay, so moving on. Last week was the versus How High edition. And I had planned to watch, and I did watch. I didn't have any expectations, but y'all, for four hours, it was four hours, I got my whole entire life. And it was so, first of all, <laughs> shout out to Method Man and to them slim cut fucking pants that he had on. They were black. I want to say maybe they were Adidas pants and he had some yellow in the mix. Y'all, <laughs> shout out to them pants. Okay. I'm just saying. Anyway, um, him and Redman's energy is just the way it has always been. Like they feed off each other so well. Redman is still very much like the small child of the group and Method always has to reel him in. But um, it was nice to see them, to see them in action, to see them in their craft. And y'all, they gave us some extra that I don't know about you, but I was not expecting. They definitely show lots of love to those currently in the rap game, those who have fallen from the rap game, and those who are no longer with us. Um, They were giving out roses left and right, and I love that. They brought so many guests out on stage to do songs with them. And it was it was beautiful to see it was beautiful to see these these grown men hugging each other, saying, I love you. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for who you are. Like it was just so good. So to see all the extras weaved in with, you know, their songs and the amount of songs that they both have that I like and I still remember the lyrics. Hey, so I thoroughly enjoyed the verses, um, how high edition. And you know, what's funny is so many artists after they do it, they're just like, damn, like as much as they did this for the people, I don't think they realized how much they needed it too and how good it felt afterwards. And that's always, um, really, really dope to see. So they got new stuff coming out, new projects. We're going to talk a little more about Method Man a little bit later in the what Mimi is watching segment. And, um, so yeah, they got new music, they got new stuff coming out. So If you still want some more, just hold your mule because it's coming. All right, what else? So yesterday, I spent five hours at the DMX Celebration of Life. Um, It aired on BET and it streamed on YouTube. And so this was his homegoing celebration. Um, On Saturday, they had this whole Rough Riders thing going on across the country, it seems. Um, They have different chapters all over And there was just so many people from so many places who came out in the streets on bikes and other things to just show DMX some love. And so um, that was really nice. It was really dope to see. Um, The celebration was long. (laughs) It was long. Not as long as Aretha, which I attended the whole time. Um, It's crazy because I attended Whitney Houston celebration. And a part of me is thankful that they do televise these, although I feel like it sounds a little weird. But... um, it's a way to allow the fans to feel like they're there to be a part of that moment. Um, uh, unfortunately, at this point, I have attended <laughs> the funeral service of quite a few um, celebrities, that is. I had on my finest sweatsuit. I was in maximum comfort while I was watching. Um, I had run out and run some errands right before and gotten home in time to be in front of the TV by 2.30. It was nice. They sang some of my favorite gospel songs. Um, 
his ex-wife, Tashira, she's a beast. Like, um, she shared their story. Um, she was very honest and open about how he was the love of her life and how they met as children, like children, children, um, and how they came to be. And then subsequently how it ended. Um, but she got a real deep faith. Um, and she was very honest about that. Um, but she was so mature and it seems like that's just who she is as a person. She's like, like, I'm a peaceful person. I'm always looking for peace and stuff like that. And so, um, she shouted out all the kids and she was like, um, she could imagine Earl (laughs) kind of giving her the look that he got, that she got all of his children in one place, all of the baby mamas in one place. And I guess they, she got everybody on one accord. Um, and even in her speaking, um, she touched on all of the women that have come in his life and she didn't shade anybody. And then when she finished, just, just really just showed love to his fiance. Um, she said that she was a really nice woman. She had a really nice spirit and that she was good to him and that she loved that man. Um, and, and the fiance was crying, you know, as she was speaking, she was very emotional. And then, um, she came up to speak and she was, uh, they hugged each other. It was a really, really sweet moment. It was just a really good woman to woman moment. And they hugged each other and she was just crying. And then, uh, Tashira was like, get it together. You represent Earl, you know how he is. He'd want you to get it together. And she did. Um, and then she shared their, their story too. Um, so it was really nice to see that it was long. Um, there was only one person who was out of pocket and he came up at the end and according to him, he was, he had been cut out the program, but he insisted on being on the program y'all. And so he got his tail up there and even in his ramblings, it was out of sorts. It was out of order before we even knew it was out of order and it just seemed like huh because they had introduced everybody before they came up and he came up at the tail end of a song playing and nobody introduced him and so finally the like reverend came up and was like um one of the things we do is we do things in decency and order and you are out of order. Um, you are not on the program and you are disrespecting the house. And the dude was mouthy a little bit. Apparently he was talking about how if it wasn't for him, this last album wouldn't be and all this other stuff. He was definitely looking for some um, fanfare, some love, some adoration or something some roses apparently he felt like he deserved and did not get but let me tell you um the reverend got him together (laughs) real fast and then the dude finally sat down he was mouthy a little bit like I said but then the reverend oh my god he was hilarious he was like listen uh he asked the the lady who preached before him like we can love somebody and not like them right and I was like, oop. And then he was like, um, as he was closing out. So he was ready to do the benediction, which is just the ending. Um, and so <laughs> he did pray for the guy and he prayed for his heart and his healing and all of that. But he was like, um, I'm thankful y'all didn't have to get the BC version. And he was like, in case you don't know, that means before Christ. He was like, I was not born a pastor. 
<laughs> and it happens. It does happen at funerals of celebrities and non. You know, when it comes to the births and the deaths and weddings and stuff, people get all caught up in their feelings for a variety of reasons and it can get messy. But he did a really, really good job. Um, and I, I was cool with it. All right, so what else? So, ooh, good news. Good news, hip hoppers. Jenny and Georgia is getting a season two. I told you that that series was so good and so bomb, and they finally announced it. They, meaning the cast, they did a cute little video on Netflix that they got a season two. Now, they didn't tell us when, so we got the whole on you, but at least we know it is in the works. Which, by the way, you should be coming back around because we already knew they got a new season and we already knew that they were filming some time ago. So I feel like they should drop that jewel for us uh, this summer. That would be really, really dope. Um, what else? So there's some talks about Jamie Foxx and Jamie Foxx's body. Apparently he's on his Michael B. Jordan shit. And even though he is clearly older than Michael B. Jordan, I think Jamie Foxx is like 50-ish, early 50, maybe around 53. But his body is looking real 25. He is cut the fuck up. So it is rumored that he's getting ready to play Mike Tyson, which is perfect for him because if you know anything about Jamie Foxx, he has a bomb Mike Tyson impression he's been doing since uh, In Living Color. And that shit is funny and spot on. So I ain't mad at it. I can't wait to see what comes from that. Um, What else? So Netflix has a new black sitcom. It is called The Upshaws and it stars Mike X... Mike Epps and his foolish self and Kim Fields, which I feel like is a very unlikely pair, but we'll see how it goes. Um, so the series follows the struggles and triumphs of a black working class family in Indiana. So it comes out May 12th. We don't have a long time to wait. I will definitely check it out. It is executive produced by Wanda Sykes and Mike Epps. Um, it is uh, one. The first season has 10 half hour episodes. So can't wait to see that um, and, and what that's all about. So Mike Epps plays Benny Upshaw. Obviously, he's the head of the family. And when he isn't running his garage in Indianapolis, he's putting charm, lovable spirits and pure intentions at work to try his best to support his family. With the weight of his family on his shoulders, Benny is doing his best to father his teenage son and he had, uh, oh, that he had with another woman um, while also handling um, his sister-in-law who is played by Wanda Sykes. And um, yeah, <laughs> she's a mess. And then Kim's fe- Kim Fields is the wife and she is playing his high school sweetheart, wife. She's juggling her career, her passions. She's a mother of two young daughters and a son. So, in spite of all that's going on, they determined to make it work. The trailer was cute, so I will definitely um, check it out to see what it is all about. Um, I'm here for the sitcoms. I'm here for the black sitcoms. All right, so lastly, for pop culture, let's talk about the Oscars. Y'all, the Oscars came on. And before we get into it, I want y'all to know that Glenn Close was off the goddamn hook. (laughs) So Questlove was the mm, Questlove was the DJ for the Oscars. What shout out to Questlove because that's a bomb gig. Um, 
And because he always puts on for the culture, he started playing EU's The Butt. And it talked to Glenn Close and asked her if she know who it is. And she was like, yeah. And everybody was shocked. Y'all, you could have bought me for a penny. Do you hear me? She was all cheesy. She shouted out to Sugar Bear and the Backyard Band. Now, if you a DMV native, then you this means more to you than anybody else um, who is not familiar with go-go music or DC or, you know, backyard band. At best, you should know who Sugar Bear is from EU. And so um, not only did she shout them out, she got up, y'all, at the Oscars in her royal blue studded gown. And in the grandest white lady fashion, she starts doing the butt. And that shit was funny. She was trending on the Twitter. <laughs> Rightfully so. <laughs> but uh, Glenn Close was down for the culture last night. Now, I don't know how often she's down for the culture. But uh, she definitely nailed it on last evening. So let's move on. All right. So the winners. So I watched. I didn't watch all of it. I watched a good amount while I was cooking and just doing stuff. And then when Babe sat down for us to eat, I turned it off and he and I watched something else. Um, all right. So let's see what happened. Daniel Kaluuya, he won for Best Supporting Actor in Judas and a Black Messiah, which was awesome. Was definitely hoping. I will say that was a tough category. It was a lot of blacks in that category. And they were so deserving. So... Daniel was in it. Um, oh my God, why can't I think of this man's name? Like my mind just went blank. Uh, Leslie Odom Jr. was in it. Um, and Lakeith Stanfield, that's who I couldn't think of. He was, and Lakeith was also in Judas and the Black Messiah. So Leslie Odom Jr. was in One Night in Miami. That was Regina King's movie. Um, I think that was on, that was on Amazon. And then there was like maybe two white guys. I don't even remember who they were. So it was a good category and they had picked good people, but Daniel won, which was dope. Um, Tyler Perry was awarded the Humanitarian Award, which if nobody else deserved it, he definitely did. Um, he shared a story, um, one I think I've heard before, about just how given and open his mom was. And while they didn't have a lot they didn't even have a the tiniest fraction of obviously what he has now. But she always gave and how he'd wake up one morning, step out of bed and he might step on somebody because somebody needed somewhere to stay. And his mom told him, you could stay here. Um, and so that giving is all he knows because that's the way he was raised. Um, so really, really nice. Um, and then uh, Trevon Free, who I did not know, he won for Two Distant Strangers. He wrote the movie along with Martin Desmond Rowe, and they won for the best live action short film. Now, this one is 30 minutes on Netflix, I believe. I haven't watched it. Babe and I had like recently talked about it. But it was executive produced by Diddy, by Terrence J, and and there was somebody else in the mix because they were all popping bottles on the gram celebrating the win. So that was dope. And then Soul... Starring Jamie Foxx was the winner for Best Animated Feature, which was so dope because Disney still act like they don't know how to celebrate black people and the industry large in part feel like black people don't show up for films and I don't know why, but whatever. We continue to prove them otherwise, yet here we are still. 
Um, also for Soul, John Batiste won for Best Original Score for his work on Soul. So it's really dope that a jazz person won an Oscar. Um, who else? Tenet, which starred John David Washington, won for Best Visual Effects. I have not watched that. Uh, I th- my father-in-law talked about it. I think he enjoyed it. And I heard a lot of people say it was kind of weird a little bit. So there's that part. And then her, um, she won along with Tierra Thomas and DeMille. They won for Best Original Song for Fight For You, which was in Judas and a Black Messiah. So her look, I didn't love her look, but I didn't hate her look. Um, but her look was inspired by Prince. He wore a very sim- similar mesh sheer train kind of look it gave me sari vibes like an indian uh like a sari that indian women wear like it was giving me those kind of vibes but he wore a similar look when he won for the same category for a song he did for purple rain um and she actually had the lyrics um from the song designed into the look so like the beating and everything um, that part was really intricate and really dope um, that they had that. I didn't notice that until they like zoomed in on it. Um, but yeah, so what else? Oh, Mia Neal and Jamika Wilson. You probably don't know who these two black ladies are. And I did not either. However, we know them now. And not only are they two dope ass black women, they made history. So... They won an Oscar for Best Hair and Makeup for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. So they are the first black women to do so. Um, They got Viola's hair together. And yeah, um, that was was really dope for them to be. Y'all know how I feel about the first. But I am wholeheartedly happy for these women to be the first um, black women nominated in Best Makeup and Hairstyling and then to sweep the category. All right, um, so then there was <laughs> Halle Berry. Y'all, the internet, the black Twitter gave her the business about her hair, which I didn't like, y'all. She looked like, oh, she didn't know that the Oscars were coming. So they referenced her haircut, which is a very choppy bob. The crazy thing is I love me a bob. I fucking love, or they call it a lob, which is a long bob, like, Bobs are classic, but not that shit Halle Berry had on her head. So they referred uh, her hairstyle to Edna from The Incredibles. They call her a helmet head. So there is this gif of this cat who has a lime on his head and it's cut out like a helmet. If you've seen that, that's what they was posting. Then they was like, it looked like she put a bowl on her head and cut it. I didn't like the look. I didn't like her hair. I didn't like her dress and apparently needed the internet. Um... But conversely, Regina King did not come to play with you hoes. She looked stunning head to toe. She was pure perfection. Her dress was a uh, Louis Vuitton. It, it took 140 hours to make. It had 62,000 plus sequin and 400 plus crystals. Her body looks incredible in it. Just the texture and the construct of the dress was beautifully done. It was so flattering. The color was gorgeous. And she had a killer ass bob. She did that. So she did a lot of hosting. Um, The Oscars format and style was very non-traditional, which I'm good with. um, Because 
I don't know what you could do to the Oscars, honestly, to make them a good time. <laughs> they tried to get a little more personal with the um, the nominees and tell us a little bit about them, like what their first job was, how they got into the industry and stuff like that. And so that part I thought was cool, but it's the Oscars, so it's still dry. So that's it. That's all for your pop culture. All right, so let's get into what Mimi was watching. Mimi watched a few things. Mimi watched quite a few things. So let's get into it. Actually, wait, there was one piece of pop culture I wanted to share with you that I forgot about. And that is Pharrell Williams opened a new hotel in South Beach. It's called the Good Time Hotel. It's over 100,000 square feet. It has 266 rooms with like an art deco style it's, it's in the heart of South Beach. If you've ever been to South Beach, you know exactly what this is. So the rooms will give you uh, views of the Atlantic Ocean and Biscayne Bay, depending on what side you're on. Um, it is beautiful. And it's only a few steps from uh, Gianni Versace's mansion that he used to have on the Strip. So like I said, if you know Miami, you know South Beach, you know exactly where that is all right so back to what Mimi is watching so a couple weeks ago I binge watched season one of the godfather of Harlem I had heard about it when it came out and I just had not watched and trifling but I had a potential media opportunity and so I was like well in case I get it and let me just go ahead and watch so I binge watched the first season I did not get the media opportunity but it was an incredible show and I enjoyed it now Season two returned a week ago and Bumpy had been hiding out for three months and now he is ready to work and they were shaking shit up and it was just as dramatic and murder filled as the previous season. Except for this season, Method Man has joined the cast. Takao is now a cast member of Godfather of Harlem and he bust in the scene in episode one and he did not hold back. So if you are a fan of the show, you like it, love it, or you want to check it out because it's some real good shit. Also, so Bumpy Johnson was a drug dealer. He just ran Harlem, right? But his wife, she ain't no slouch. And I like that. A lot of times I feel like you see these women who are, um, I don't want to say weak, but they are more silent. They don't have an opinion. His wife has an opinion. She's not afraid to use use it. She takes good care of their home. But um, she ain't no punk bitch. She holds her own. She goes toe-to-toe with him. And she'll go toe-to-toe with other people to protect him. But she's a very, very classy and very, very refined woman who will read the fuck out of you. I like that. I like it a lot. Um, all right. So then I watched All Rise, which was a good episode. There was a whole lot going on. I feel like a lot of TV has been heavy lately. So in a previous episode, um, uh, Luke um, had been having some some issues with his former police friends. And yeah, so they roughed his ass up. They beat him up is, is what they did. <laughs> they beat him up and so um you know they've kind of been going back and forth with us on that and so after he got beat up the episode ended and then the episode that aired last week was him uh after the beating and what happened so he shows up on emily's steps beat the hell up can barely ring the doorbell and all of that and 
that's kind of where it starts. Now, he is a nice guy. He's a very nice guy. He's Luke is always like the do right, straight by the books kind of guy. So it was, I don't know, I guess it felt more personal because, you know, he is a good guy. Um, so yeah, I loved Luke and Emily together and I was blown by the white girl he picked up after they were no longer together, but clearly they miss this old thing and they are trying to get it back. And I was in support of it. Um, I love them together. There's something about their togetherness that just seems right. Um, and they agree with me. (laughs) So, um, Emily, was badass. There's a scene in the episode where she had to pull out her gun on one of his white cop friends and let this motherfucker know he was in her house, all kind of disrespectful and out of pocket talking to Luke, pretty much just telling him to shut up about the ass whooping he got. And she was not having it. Um, And then there was Sherry. And Sherry is always the shy, quiet woman in the court. Um, She's particular, but there was a new man in the courtroom and he had her nose open and she didn't even realize it, y'all. And she went for it. She was smiling and giggling and shit after they had this battle. And then um, as she's walking away, you see all her red lipstick is smudged on her, on her face. And you see it smudged on his face. It was really cute and funny. Um, and then there's Amy, who is a total and complete cunt. And she absolutely was. Um, so Amy is engaged to Mark or whatever. They were together. And she went off on him because she found out he kissed the other girl. And she was just like, oh, how could you betray me? This bitch, the reason why they can't get married, she got a whole husband. She's legally married to somebody else and he doesn't know. And she gave him the, read him the riot act in the episode. And I was like, oh, you are a cunt all day long. You got a whole lot of nerve. It was a whole lot happening, but it was a good episode. We got to see more of Lola Carmichael. So hopefully this maternity leave is almost over because honestly, I don't like the show without her. All right, moving on. Rebel. The most recent episode, oh my God, I love Rebel. She does what she wants, when she wants, how she wants in the most untraditional of ways. And her, well, although her heart is always in the right place, the shit is entertaining. Really, really entertaining. So yeah, I'm gonna keep watching Rebel. I'm a full-on fan and I'll continue to rock with them. So then the Black Lady Sketch Show returned on Friday, I think. I watched, it was just okay. I've always been lukewarm about the Black Lady Sketch Show. Um, Some of it is funny and some of it is not. And that's just my general feeling. (laughs) But I do love the Black Lady courtroom. And they had a spin on that sketch on this episode, which was really funny. Um, Then Mortal Kombat drops on Friday. I'm not a Mortal Kombat kind of girl, but my kid is. So while we were... Uh, indulging in some mom and teen time. I was combing out his twist and washing his hair. Uh, We watched it. So um, he explained it to me because I had no idea who these people were, what was going on or anything. Um, But he did so and he didn't seem to be annoyed about it, which was really, really sweet of him. Um, He liked it. He's ready for part two. The movie set you up for part two. Um, he plays, he has played some of the video games. I don't think Mortal Kombat is a regular game that he plays. So, um, people who played Mortal Kombat from the beginning might have some stronger feelings about the movie, but he liked it. Me, eh, it was action. It was good action. That much I'll say. Station 19. Oh, Station 19 was heavy, heavy. 
It brought me to tears. It was very well done to the point that I went to their page and commented like it. The episode was incredibly done. It was raw. It was honest. They didn't sugarcoat what was real in any way. So they're still reeling from the feelings of the fire, the black people and brown people in the fire department who got jacked up by the cops and arrested while their white counterparts from their same station did not. And so all of that kind of came to a head in the episode from last week. Um, And it was good. Also, it sounds like they're going to be on a break because they showed us a preview and it was it's a two week away. It is two weeks away. So I guess they won't be on this week and we'll have to circle back and catch them after. Um, 911's 911 and 911 Lone Star returns. Okay, the regular 911 had an incredible episode about alcoholism. There were so many layers to the story. Oh my god. Um, yeah, Chimney is a proud daddy. Um, which was really, really, <laughs> it was funny watching it leading up to um them having the baby. It was really funny, actually. Um, but they are the proud parents of a baby girl. And it was a tumultuous ride, of course. <laughs> of course. Um, so Chimney and Maddie. Maddie is played by Jennifer Love Hewitt. Very, very solid episode. Had me worried for a second, but they pulled it together. And then, oh my God, 911 Lone Star, y'all. So when they went on break, they left us with a hell of a cliffhanger around Judd and Grace. And they had me all in my goddamn feels. All of it. Damn it, man. The entire episode was about Judd and Grace and their love story and how they came to be. And oh my God, just a feel good story through and through. And um, so we had to see what happened to them from the crash. So we got all of that tea and spoiler alert, they are pregnant. That was super exciting. All right. The resident. Oh, the resident had me needing to call my therapist that I don't actually have. Um, Why? Because spoiler alert, Dr. Mina Okafor left the show. I'm, I'm mad. I'm big mad. I'm big mad. So she actually spoiled it for me because before I even watched. Like, how am I supposed to go on? Now, they had kind of been hinting at her leaving, her immigration status. She was going back to her country and all this other stuff, right? And Dr. Austin was going to go with her because true love. And so I knew that that was coming, but they mashed the gas on the time and wrapped that shit up. So she posted on her Instagram. After deeply thoughtful reflection, I approached the producers some time ago asking to leave the show and they agreed and gave my character a wonderful send off. I am appreciative of them for allowing me to embody as beautiful of a soul as Dr. Mina Okafor. I would also like to thank the studio, network, cast, crew, and most of all the wonderfully dedicated fans of The Resident for their support over the last four seasons. (gasps) I also went to her page and said, how do I watch without you? Because I'm connected. I'm invested. I've been invested for four seasons. And I fucking hate Kane. So I hope they don't fill the time with him and his bullshit. Because I don't like him. And Dr. Austin. Oh, dear Malcolm Jamal Warner. Call me. Anyway. 
it was a heartfelt episode. It was an emotional, and Dr. Okafor does not do emotions, but yeah, I was in my feels too. So then there was, ooh, the snowfall season finale. Oh my God. That shit escalated quickly. Um, quickly, like quickly, quickly, quickly. So Franklin's off the hook. His daddy's off the hook. His mama's bad as fuck. Reed has lost his goddamn mind. His uncle gets on my nerves. The end. Stay tuned. It was a whole lot of shoot 'em up, bang, bang. It always is. It's snowfall. All right. So then Black Ink returned. Um, Black Ink, New York. Same foolishness going on as it usually is. I don't really give a shit too much. Um, what else did I watch? Uncensored with Remy Ma. It was nice to just listen to uh, Rem talk. So you got to see the more refined, more mature womanly side, the motherly side. Um, and she has just grown so much over the years from the kind of rah-rah young um, woman from the streets, you know, making a name for herself in the rap industry and stuff like that. So it was just really nice to see a different side of her. And I enjoyed it. Uh, then the unsung came on for a mystical. I've always known his music. And the only thing I knew about him was that he was from New Orleans. I didn't know shit else about him. So I enjoyed his unsung because I got to find out his life story. I didn't know he served in the military before he came to uh, No Limit. and Like, I, I did not know. Had no idea. Um, it was It was really good. Like, it was deep. He got some traumas and some shit going on. Um, but it was a really good episode. And then, um, what else? Queen Sugar. Ooh. Y'all, the finale of Queen Sugar came on and it did not disappoint. Oh my God. So Blue left for DC. He's headed to DC to attend Sidwell Friends School, which if you are in this area, uh, from this area, you know, that's a very popular um, school. And he is settled into DC. He is loving it. And spoiler alert. Oh, wait, no, no spoiler alert. I take it back. We're not going to do that yet. So then we see Charlie and Davis have this heartfelt conversation that they have been needing to have since she left his ass for cheating. And oh my God, it was everything. It was so deep. It was so refreshing. It was so touching to hear this black man share his truth to talk about the work he had to do to find himself, to love himself. And the reason why he was acting a fool was because he wasn't happy with himself. And Charlie was just like, but why? Like, I tried to give you everything and I had built this fortress around our family. And he was like, yeah, but what you didn't realize was the monster was living inside the fortress. Like, what? so deep so so deep so it was a really really good episode and it looks like they gonna get this old thing back and try it out now Micah came home because he found out his mother had been sick even though she's better she's recovering from COVID but he don't know that's gonna be an interesting conversation but I feel like he'll be okay with it 
Now, for the spoiler alerts, Ralph, Angel, and Darla are pregnant. So we found out some seasons ago that Blue is not biologically his child, even though he thought he was. And even though he knows that, it did not change his love and adoration for Blue, and Blue is still their son. But now they're going to have a biological baby. And I am excited. So super, 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 super excited for them. So it was a a great season finale. They unpacked so much in that episode. And um, I was smiling. Dare I say I was probably even teary-eyed. But it was really, really good. So that is it for What Mimi is Watching. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mimi Said What. Thank you for listening, for subscribing, and sharing. You guys showed me so much love on the uh, podcast episode where I shared my personal journey with my dad about uh, dealing with childhood trauma. So thank you. Don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend. I appreciate you. I appreciate them. You can follow me at Mimi Cute Lips everywhere on social. And as you continue the conversation, don't forget to use the hashtag Mimi Said What. Until next time, cuties.